Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week we're in Kilbourne, Ohio with Josh Schoitzow of The Kilbourne Project. The Kilbourne Project is the story of four Ohio families who are helping preserve the historic town of Kilbourne for future generations. These families are risking it all on this passion project as they seek to restore 11 historic buildings and bring 40 new jobs to the town, including their own businesses. It's a story of restoration, community, and hope. So here we go with Josh Schoitzow. All right. Well, we're here today with Josh Schweitzow of the Kilbourne Project in Kilbourne, Ohio. Josh, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. Having me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're Not representing it. a larger group. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about you and the group of your friends who are working together on the Kilbourne Project. Um, so I am a small business owner and uh, I own a small furniture business here in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I have three neighbors, uh, Garrett, Nate, and Aaron, and they own uh, a couple of small businesses as well. They do uh, civil and site engineering um, and uh, redevelopment and environmental consulting, stuff like that. So the four of us are all neighbors uh, in this area outside of Columbus. Um, and it's in Delaware County, and we live right by this little town called... Um, called Kilbourne. So did you guys have any connections to Kilbourne or what was it that drew you to this, this little area? Um, all of us moved up here um, kind of over the last couple years as uh, an attempt to uh, get our, our families into a slower pace of life. You know, we, we all kind of, um, lived in Columbus. We worked in Columbus and, um, my family in particular, we have four little boys. Uh, we lived down in the city and, um, and then we moved up here on a couple acres just to kind of, uh, to get more of that, um, that country life, that rural homesteading dreams that we've had to, uh, you know, to grow some of our own food and raise some animals and stuff like that. Um, and then we, all of us, before we lived in Columbus, we all grew up in small towns in Ohio. And, um, and so uh, the, the, our three partners, uh, they were friends from college. And so they uh, moved their families up here a couple of years ago and built homes on, uh, on 20 acres across the street from us. So uh, geographically, we all live across the street from each other. And Kilbourne is is about a mile and a half down the street from us, um, and so it's just a little town that we, uh, you know, we drive through uh, every single day, or, or you know, we ride our bikes down there, and and it's just kind of right at the end of our street. Cool. So tell us about your vision for the town, and how did that come to be? Um, so our vision for the town is is kind of is simple. Um, it, it used to be a, uh, a thriving kind of settlers town back in the 1800s. And uh, people settled there along uh, the Allen Creek River. And, um, and then since then, it just kind of never took off like some of the other bigger towns around here. 
and um, it's really become a place of uh, of disrepair. And um, you know, a lot of the buildings are abandoned. A good chunk of the buildings are condemned by our local uh, government to be either torn down or uh, remodeled. And so, our vi- our overall vision for the place is that we could help uh, restore this little town uh, to be a place uh, that serves the local surrounding uh, community. Uh, I think there's a population of 130 that are in the town limits. Um, and then also be a, a place for uh, people like us that live you know, within five, 10 minutes away to, uh, to bring our families, uh, to, you know, to have a place that supports small businesses, whether it's restaurants or coffee shops or antique stores or anything like that. Uh, we don't have like the final uh, mix of tenants of, of who would want to come and, and open a business there. But I'd say our vision is, is to just have a place where, um, yeah, where we could build community and continue to, um, you know, build our own uh, small businesses uh, within this, this context. So that's kind of what we're going for. So what was it that sparked the idea? Um, I think it started out as, uh, as simple as um, it was the, the, our, the, our three partners um, were the original three. And then I was the fourth partner um, that came in later. So those three guys uh, had the initial vision as they were drive. you know, we drive through this town every single day. And the only place that was open was a little carry out. Um, and they sold pizzas out of the back uh, kitchen and the place was, was pretty run down. And, um, and I think as the guys uh, kind of looked at it and then there was, um, there was an auction where some of the abandoned buildings were being auctioned off. And so my partners went to the auction, you know, kind of did some research on the area and um, and kind of went into it of like, oh, this would be neat to, you know, to, to have a building uh, that, you know, could be a restaurant or a coffee shop or something that we could enjoy as our, you know, with our families. Um, and then it just started spiraling. We got more and more of the buildings um, because the big challenge that we were faced from the beginning uh, was that there's no infrastructure in town. There's no parking lots. There's no utilities. Um, the utilities that are there, you know, instead of sewage uh, systems, there's septic systems, and some of the buildings are linked together on one septic tank and stuff like that. So it's impossible for a local code uh, to open a restaurant or open a business. And so a lot of the buildings were condemned or people that have tried to to redevelop these buildings over the last 30, 50 years have been unsuccessful because um, you wouldn't necessarily be able to, um, to to viably, like financially invest in one specific building unless you owned all of them. And so that, that quickly became a bigger project than they and, you know, we anticipated um, because it was, uh, it was something that, um, yeah, you couldn't like you couldn't just fix up one building. You need a parking lot that can service all of the buildings. You need uh, stormwater and septic and and new uh, driveways and paving and stuff like that. And so um, our partners, the three guys, are civil engineers, site developers, and 
<clears throat> so they're like the only people that could figure something like this out. Wow. And so, um, so yeah, what started as a simple vision of like having, you know, a place to, to go hang out and have a beer then turned into like, how do we, you know, do a historic preservation project for an entire town. And then um, over the last, I guess it would have been a year ago, I was brought in as the fourth partner uh, to help with building community and finding uh, tenants and kind of uh, bringing our two companies or our three companies together um, to work on this. I love that. So how long has this been in the works? Um, this is at least two years into the works, you know, as far as uh, we had to, uh, before we could do anything, we had to acquire uh, the buildings, we had to purchase them, some of them were in auction, some of them, um, you know, to, to have a proper septic system or a par parking lot, we needed parcels of land that were that didn't belong to us. And so we had to build relationships with neighbors or people that didn't live in the area any longer and you know say can we can we buy this back alley or can we buy this like section of a field over here because we're going to need it for the infrastructure and so the design and planning all of that has been happening over the last couple of years but our biggest hurdle was that um there was no zoning in place for businesses to operate uh in this area uh, and so the zoning that was in place was from a hundred years ago. And so there was an old, uh, like, for example, there was an old auto garage that uh, operated in uh, the early, early 1900s, a, a picture of it uh, from 1930. And they serviced farm equipment and old Ford, you know, Model T's and stuff like that. Um, the garage is still there. Um, and it's actually, we, we purchased it and, and we're going to be renovating this, this auto garage to be my new wood shop that my business will run out of, but it was zoned as a residential house. And wow. so even though it was clearly a big, you know, 4,000 square foot auto garage, the zoning was for a house. And so anybody who's tried to operate a business out of there was, was being shut down from zoning. And so what we had to do is we took the whole uh, square, um, it's like 3.7 acre area, which is this like square block. And we had to rewrite the zoning for the entire area. And so we created our own planned commercial district and we were able to be really specific about what types of businesses we would allow in this area. And part of that is because it's like right in the middle of this little neighborhood. And so there's people that live in these backyards of this old abandoned auto garage, you know? And so uh, people were very skeptical of us at first, um, but we had to, you know, we had town hall meetings. We, we got together with people. We kind of explained what we were doing, tried to gain their trust and then say, you know, so, like these buildings are falling in on themselves you know, somebody's going to do something with them. We felt like as neighbors, as people that live in this area, we had the best chance of being able to preserve the feel and the, you know, kind of what this little town is about. Because um, if not, it's very, very, very likely that, you know, a, a dollar store or some other developer would have bulldozed the whole place and put in a big gas station and a, and a Wendy's or something, you know, like that's, that is what's happening around, uh, 
everywhere else you see, you know? And um, so anyway, it, it kind of like, it was a long process, but I think in the fall, maybe October, November, we got the final zoning code approved. And then just in January, we got it. Um, in our, our final development plan was approved. So now we're in final design, like, like going in for permit and stuff like that. So um, we're kind of like in that final stage of figuring, figuring everything out. That's so exciting. So give us a little bit of a picture of, I mean, you guys just kind of bought up properties, bought up the town. What does that include? Like what kind of buildings and former businesses does that include? So, um, like I said, there was a little carry out. There was a pizza place. Yep. Um, Right next to it, there was a big... um, Greek Revival style. That was the architecture. So Greek Revival uh, was one of the most popular styles of um, of like farmhouse. So there's this, this giant two-story uh, house next door to the carryout that's called the Ohio House. And that was an inn and like a tavern back in the late 1800s. Um, we have a town historian who um, who knows he's done a ton of research about the families and the genealogy and the first settlers and that type of thing. So we've been able to dig up a lot of black and white photos and stories of this town. And so the Ohio House was an inn, it was a tavern. We have uh, even a newspaper clipping uh, from some journalist who rode his horse through you know, from Mount Vernon to Delaware and he stopped in Kilbourne for the night and he stayed at the Ohio House and uh, and rented a room you know so uh there's the ohio house next door to that is uh is a little single family house um that we're going to be converting into kind of like um maybe like a town gazebo you know with like a stage for uh for bands to play on and and have farmers markets and stuff like that and it's like a little cross-shaped house um and on the front side of that might be like a perfect spot for like a like a popcorn or ice cream shop or something like that. Right next to that building is a giant, like 5,000 square foot commercial um, storefront that was previously, it was a general store. Um, You know, it was, I think it it was always some sort of like uh, provisions, like you could go get stuff for your horse and your farm and they sold feed there and meat and so this general store, um, and then most recently it was a restaurant, like maybe into 1970 or 1980, something like that, something around there. So there's a big restaurant there um, that we would love to see, a, you know, a new restaurant concept come in and have, um, you know, just a really good American menu, um, you know, nothing fancy, no like specific theme but we're not restaurant tours so like i i don't know but that'll be like kind of the anchor you know place that people can come up and go go out to eat um and then behind that there is an old barn that uh served as a barn you know and um we have visions to turn that um into an event space that could be rented out by the restaurant group or by a shop um, there's a local um, kind of organic uh, farmer 
um, and they they uh, supply meat to a lot of the hottest restaurants in Columbus, and they're nearby. So they've talked about having a little storefront, you know, a little butcher shop, fresh produce. And so we have this barn that we could use for farm dinners and community events and and birthdays and stuff like that. And that little uh, barn is located right on this town square. Um, and and I'll um, I'll send you some of the renderings too, so you can kind of get a feel for the layout of the town. Um, and so uh, right next to that barn, we uh, we purchased a uh, like a twenty six foot tall wooden grain silo. And so we're going to be erecting that uh, in town just as like a, an homage to the history of the farmers and the agriculture community that, that came before us. Um, let's see. There's also, uh, there is a residential duplex that is right there that's, that's occupied currently both sides. Um, but we, hold, we rewrote the zoning so that could be, uh, that could stay as a duplex if somebody wanted to use it as a small shop or oh, an office for, you know, a lawyer or a photographer or something. I don't know. There's there, we, we can do different things, to different buildings. Uh, across the street from that is another single family home um, that's, that's currently occupied. And then right next to that is an old um, kind of social hall, like a two story um, hall that uh, was used as like a fraternal order for the Knights of Pythias, which is uh, kind of one of those like not the Freemasons, but those that type of of uh, brotherhood group, you know, the Knights of Pythias. So they had a they had a meeting hall there, um, and that building is going to be remodeled to be the new engineering office for uh, the three guys, my three partners. So right across from there, there's an old post office, there's another big house, and then um, catty corner from that is the big auto garage that uh, will soon house my my business. And so uh, part of us trying to figure out how to pay for all this is working with a local um, small town bank. And so, um, you know, we don't want to launch a bunch of new businesses. We we want to run our businesses and be landlords, and and have other like-minded businesses come to town and be a part of this town. Um, but our we're also bringing our businesses to town. So we're bringing forty you know forty new jobs to this town. Um, my business will be operating out of the auto garage, and their business will be operating out of. Uh, Knights of Pythias uh, building and so we'll have kind of be owner occupied in this town so like we'll be bringing our both of our businesses to town and kind of be the anchor tenants um, as we get going because we are envisioning this to be a, a few year process for it really to get fixed up and, and people to get interested in this so I love it so are you open to ideas then for some what some of the other buildings could be if somebody comes oh, to you with an idea? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we've had uh we're already generating a lot of a, a lot of buzz. Um you know, we were we were approached by several people uh interested in doing a TV show about this about this process. And um and so yeah, lots of people have contacted us. Um but we don't have uh, any plans or commitments yet because we haven't uh, gotten through to that final uh, breaking ground stage on on what we can do for the site work. So 
over this, you know, before things got crazy with, uh, you know, COVID-19, um, we were on that stage towards this spring, this summer, we were going to be doing design and, and, and finding tenants and that type of thing. So now it's probably, it's just delayed. You know, I don't know if, if, um, what the new schedule looks like, but hopefully we'll still be getting something done this year. Well, it's going to be so fun to follow along. I can't wait to see it all come together. Yeah. So you actually live in the fastest growing county in the Midwest, right? Yeah. So in a way you're fighting against development and urban sprawl a little bit. Has that been more of a challenge or a catalyst for what you're doing? I'd say it's been a catalyst because it's helped us gain trust with the farmers and the people that live there currently. Um, it's also, you know, it helps that we, we grew up in small towns. And so we have a lot of like nostalgic memories of, you know, riding our bikes down to get ice cream in our little town square. And like, at least for me personally, I grew up in a little town outside of Cleveland, Ohio called Olmsted Falls. And, um, and we had the same thing. It was, it was kind of town areas right on the train tracks. Cause so it's called uh, grand Pacific junction. And they had a, you know, a couple little restaurants and, uh, and little shops. And like, a, there was one tiny little shack you went in and they had like 50 different types of popcorn. And I was like, now as an adult, I'm like, how is this guy like paying the rent? Like just selling popcorn. <laughs> and, uh, but I think there's like, there's these little tiny micro areas that can work if you have a community of businesses and people that believe in what you're doing. And obviously we're in a really difficult um, time, you know, to have a small business and, and to weather this storm of like things being shut down. But I truly believe, you know, I've, I've like literally gambling on it that, that people will come around these small businesses and, and, um, and so it doesn't have to be big brand, big development, big, you know, like, like five minutes from here is a huge outlet mall, you know? And so like, like, just imagine like a big, big outlet malls with the, you know, the North face and JC pennies and like, uh, Nordstrom rack and like all that type of stuff is like right down the road. And, um, and so, yeah, we're kind of like that fighting we're like the antithesis of like development even though we are developers you know and so our hope is that we'd have this like really like rural quaint walkable commercial district that can still support new ideas and new you know entrepreneurism and like fresh outside of the box thinking of like how how businesses expand um but do it in a way that is respectful to the community to what's come before us uh and we have no plans on bulldozing anything and so we're rebuilding these old structures from the inside out and like i'm not kidding you can see through the walls of a lot of these buildings and so the construction project is monumental um but we have a great we have a great team we've got a great design team and one of our key players in that is we have uh, a landscape architect who specializes in historic restoration renovation projects. And so this guy is named Jason uh, from Implement Studios. Uh, 
you know, he's worked on century old churches and town squares and cemeteries and stuff like that. Um, and so he was able to walk through this town and get a feel for like, like what did it used to look like 150 years ago, you know? And so we aren't changing much, you know, and we were even able to write into our zoning code things like, like gravel parking lots and like stuff like that, that not able to be used anywhere in our county, you know, but because of the history of this place, we argued that, you know, giant black asphalt parking lots aren't going to fit in out here, you know? And so we were able to like kind of push back a little bit on some of that development with the understanding that we're doing our best to kind of retain the feel of this place and really respect the history of, of what this town used to be and, and try and just like breathe some life into it um, in a way that's sustainable. Cause obviously businesses need to make money. This is a huge financial undertaking. We're not big developers. Like we're literally leveraging our life savings to try and make this happen. Um, because we honestly, we believe in community. We believe in small town, um, you know, neighbors taking care of each other. And that's what we've experienced even more so in the current times of, of people taking care of each other. So I think that is like a big, uh, a big driving force, uh, for us as a family and us as a, as a, a team, um, to kind of push back a little bit on, on what's happening all around us, you know, so. I love that. And you're also kind of strategically placed next to us. Is it a state park? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a huge, one of the biggest Ohio state parks is called Alum Creek uh, state park. And so we're bordered on one side uh, by the state park. And so, um, during the weekends, even now when, you know, the town is abandoned, um, during the weekends, there are just hundreds of people that come through that, whether they're hikers or horseback riders or bicyclists, and so we're hoping to, for this to be a place for people to recreate on the weekends and, and go for a hike and come up for lunch and like that type of stuff. So that's, it's definitely a huge part of our, of our location is having this the state park where we get a lot of, I mean, it's, it's beautiful up here. Yeah. Your pictures on Instagram look amazing. I can't wait to come visit in person. Talk about the responsibility of preservation and what that means to you. You know, there's, there's definitely a, um, it's hard for the locals to uh, really remember what, you know, commercial business looked like in Kilbourne because there weren't a ton of people that are still alive that remember it. You know, there's a handful of older folks who remember being kids and, you know, visiting these shops or their grandparents picking up their weekly supplies and grain for their horses and stuff like that. And so, and, and a lot of those people um, don't live in the area anymore. So now that we started publicizing it on Facebook and Instagram, we've had people reach out to us and say, oh, my grandfather used to live in that greenhouse or, or whatever, which is a, a ton of fun. So um, preservation for us, I think, um, really lends itself towards like, how do we preserve 
um, the community feel for our neighbors, the people that are surrounding it, um, because they've literally been living to these quiet, empty, abandoned buildings for decades, you know? And so we're obviously bringing um, traffic and noise and business and, you know, and commerce to this town, you know? And so even if it's a quiet flower shop, you know, there's still going to be, hopefully there'd be people coming to buy flowers and visit and stuff like that. And so some of those concerns uh, that people have had about, you know, increase in traffic and noise and that type of thing, um, you know, it's happening everywhere. And so we're trying our best to like, uh, just, just pay attention to what people's concerns are. And, um, and in our design, be thoughtful with, uh, with landscaping, with the flow of, of what traffic could be. And, and it's not a big, I mean, we're not talking a big area. So it's not like there's hundreds and hundreds of cars that could even park there. I think there's like 63 parking spots or something okay. like that. Um, and so, yeah, I think preservation for us would be finding the right uh, entrepreneurs and business people that have a similar uh, vein of, you know, small town, hardworking Americans to be able to really carve a life out for themselves in this area, because we've, we've done it ourselves. You know, we each own small businesses and, and we're operating uh, with that hope and that expectation that small businesses can still thrive. And so we want to see that um, expanded. And so that we can create an environment that somebody could succeed if they wanted to sell popcorn. You know what I mean? It's probably not the first businesses going in, but like, you know, to have something that's like handmade and authentic and crafted, you know, whether that's like a really good coffee shop or a place that, um, you know, sells really good barbecue or something like that. Like it's, it's a, it's a place that will more likely than not be a destination that serves people. So I, I could see it being, you know, food and beverage and, and craft beer or a winery or something like that. Um, and then the, with all the development happening, we definitely have space for some little pocket offices, whether it's for a realtor or an insurance agent, or um, like I said, like a flower shop or something like there's, there's a bunch of little spaces like that, that we can fill in with people that uh, have that dream and are crazy enough to like try and work for themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. As you've gone through these buildings, what have been some of your favorite finds? Oh, wow. Um, you know, we've definitely like, we've been faced with a lot of like stuff that's just been like open, you know, roofs that are torn off and like literally just been raining in the side of the buildings for years and years and years. Um, I think one of our best finds was we found a second floor room at the auto garage that had been kind of sealed up. Like it was hard to get up to. There was a little trap door with a ladder. The ladder was kind of broken. And that was the only way to get up there. And so we like climbed up into this area and you could just tell nobody had been up there for 40 years, you know? And there were like, there's like old fur coats hanging on the wall. And um, it was the storage room for the auto shop. And so we found 
just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of paper receipts and bookkeeping stuff, just boxes of these pink receipts um, that were all dated from 1937. And so whatever that, whatever happened that year, they threw all their stuff up there. And then it was like, they just never went up there again. And, uh, and so we just found a bunch of cool stuff where, you know, like you get, a receipt for someone like having their engine rebuilt and it was like $17, you know, or like, <laughs> like three gallons of gas was like 12 cents and like stuff like that. And so, um, you know, that was really cool. And, uh, and then downstairs in the auto garage, uh, the last year it operated was 1970 something that 1972. And so we found, uh, underneath this pile of debris, I found the guy's desk and inside the drawers of the desk were just a bunch of stuff from running a business in 1974, you know? And, uh, so he had, you know, manifolds and, and instruction books and like all sorts of stuff. And inside, um, the desk, there was a door that opened and, and there was a clip on the inside of the door and there was an old fashioned like Billy club clip to the inside of this door uh, that was like his security weapon, I guess. Just this like wooden club that like if you're, you know, any riffraff came in, he'd get this club out, I guess. But um, so there's some stuff like that. And then, yeah, like some of the other buildings, a lot of them had been like people had tried to restore them over the last 40 years or like or gotten their hands on them somehow and and gutted it. You know what I mean? And like the hopes to like, uh, you know, restore it or, or fix up this house or, or put in a new business. But because there's no infrastructure, because there's no parking, there wasn't the zoning, like it seemed like a lot of those attempts just petered out. And, um, and it ended up with ma- mostly one guy who had bought these, all of these buildings. Um, and so he was the guy, he was a guy who passed away and then the properties were auctioned off and we got most of them was okay. uh, And then maybe three or four out of the 11 from that auction. So, wow. That's great. Yeah. Well, how do we follow along with everything that's coming up for you? You know, we definitely have like putting things on hold for the last month as we are, you know, we haven't really been leaving our properties that much, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like out there, but Ohio is, you know, most of the country is under a stay at home order. Um, but you know, on our Instagram, which is the Kilborn project and on Facebook, which is the Kilborn project. Um, that's where we're going to be documenting all of, uh, the work and the remodels and, uh, what we find out along the way. Um, so we'll be telling that story there. Um, there's also hopes that uh, we'd be launching a YouTube channel to just post videos of the process and um, and stuff like that. So that's probably the, the Instagram, Facebook right now is the best way to um, to stay up to date with what's happening with the project. And um, and you know we don't have a website put up yet, but social media is probably the best way. Okay, perfect. And you're the guy behind the socials, right? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my job is is social media and uh, community engagement, storytelling, stuff like that. So yeah, you do a great job. So we look forward to following along. Yeah. Well, anything else that we haven't touched on yet that you want to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's one of those things that, like, hopefully, as people are passing through um, that aren't from the area, 
you know, it would be great to just stop in and see it even now, because like you can drive through and like visit the state park and, and, you know, Kilbourne market is currently open. And so you can stop in and get lunch and, and pick up snacks and stuff like that and get a feel for what the town's like. And, uh, and then hopefully over the next couple of years, come back and visit and the street will be shut down because we'll have a farmer's market there and, and a band playing on the gazebo stage and like um i think that's just like that's that's what the fun part is for me is like knowing like where it came from where it is now and 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 what it could be so on our instagram page we've got some really good renderings of like the vision and what we and what we could see this being and um and so they're a lot of fun to kind of check out and just be for for me especially uh, and for our partners to look at those and be reminded of like okay like we can we if we can get to the other side uh, and survive all of this craziness. That's like, that's the reward is, is being able to build this area, build this uh, sense of community that surrounds us already um, and provide a place for others to experience that too. So. Well, I love it. I can't wait to come visit myself and yeah, um, yeah we can't wait to follow along. So Josh, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I love how this group is committed to building community and even bringing their own small businesses to the town of Kilbourne. Be sure to go check out their social media pages where you can find pictures of the properties and renderings of the transformation we will see take place here. I know so many of you are trying to pivot into the online space because hashtag Corona and several of you have asked about joining our Cultivate coaching group for small business owners and small town leaders. So we're opening it back up for a limited time. This group is a great resource as you navigate the changes we're all facing and our weekly discussions are focused on getting you through these challenging times and we want you there. Come join us at ruralrevival.co slash cultivate. Huge thanks to Josh for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in and staying with us as we record these podcasts remotely during quarantine. We look forward to being back out on the road soon, but until then, stay healthy and safe and have a great day, everybody.